Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Well, thank you so much for joining us for our program today. I would say there are times in every one of our lives where we've had difficulty experiencing the love of God or feeling cut off, disconnected from love. Please listen to this clip which gives great definition on this subject matter. God has never made us responsible for having something that he does not give or he's never made us responsible for doing something or giving something that we do not have. And when we do not have it, he makes it possible for us to receive it. And on the grounds of reception will be the measure of our ability to express the experience of that love. And in Romans 5.1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Being justified by faith, we receive that love. Someone said recently that I just cannot in any way love my family the way I should, my children, my family the way I should. I cannot do it. I'm not built that way. I, I, I do not have the capacity. I love God, but I do not have that kind of capacity. It is not up my alley. And they said, I love them, but I cannot express any measure or intensity of love as far as communication. And a lot of people have said that, I'm sure, and thought that, because of the terrific problems that exist between people being incapacitated to experience a receptive capacity for God's love. Now, how do we receive God's love and really receive it so that we can experience that kind of love in our capacity to love? And the Lord says that we receive it by being justified by faith, making us all equal to receive that love in our capacity. Now, if every single child of God tonight realized that every single one is equally received by justification, and so they start out with the same potential capacity to receive and experience God's love, then that would do away with many walls or hindrances that inhibit the experience of that love in their capacity. Now, if you're justified by faith and you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, what's the first thing that Jesus Christ does? He sends his love toward you, and then you accept it by receiving him. And then it creates a capacity in you, and then it produces a manifestation through you as it increases its capacity for you because you've accepted the capacity in you. Now, if you're justified by faith, then you're on the grounds of receptivity to experience that love in your capacity. So you can receive that supernatural love and begin to develop and cultivate a capacity to experience exactly what you receive. And you cannot experience anything except what you receive, and you cannot receive anything except what you'll accept justification for. Now, watch verse 2. By whom also we have access, by faith, into this grace wherein we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Say the three things about grace with me by review. Number one, God is working grace toward me. Say that. 
Number two, God is working grace in me. And number three, God is working grace through me. That he might work grace toward those that do not have grace in them. So there's a hundred things going on in our life. Grace toward us. That means experiences that we have not been able to have yet. Because the grace has been toward us, but it has not been worked in us. Then when it starts working in us in different areas, then we're able to experience the grace that was manifested toward us. And then when we begin to experience the grace that was manifested toward us, in us, we're able to express the same grace to someone else that doesn't have the grace in them, and we manifest it toward them. So they don't have to change until the grace works in them, because somebody continually ministers the grace toward them. And finally, the grace gets in them. And once it gets in them, they manifest the grace uh, toward someone else because it comes through them. And so you have several facets of grace being experienced. And this every, every person here tonight has grace working right now in three ways. There's some areas of your life that you haven't let grace in yet, but it's still toward you. And thank God for that. Then there's others that, are, that have wonderfully experienced victories in these past months, and grace in certain areas have, has been working in you, and you've enjoyed it. It's been fun. Amen? You feel good. You, you know. But then, when it works in you, then it's so easy to manifest that grace toward someone else because it comes through you. And so it's just a matter of revealing it towards someone else that doesn't have it in them. Now, that's simple, isn't it? Now, remember what was said some time ago, and I'm repeating this tonight because I, I always think it's fantastic. Stan Ashby said it. Now, remember, some of us have grace uh, that God is working toward us in one area, and somebody else has grace working toward them in another area, and someone else has grace working in them in one area, and someone else has grace working in, in another area. So we have all these different areas involved. What happens when you have grace working in you and you want the other person to have it working in him too? And you wonder why it isn't. Then you begin to become comparative in different levels of measurements of grace. But it's beautiful to say, well, grace is working in me in that area, but apparently it isn't in Sam. So I guess the grace better come through me toward Sam in that area. But in the meanwhile, probably Sam is working grace toward us in other areas that's working in him. <laughs> Two fellows by the name of Sam just responded. <laughs> that's beautiful. God bless them. And uh, they're both having problems, but they, they've been... Now, in verse 2, by this grace wherein we stand. Now, the amazing thing in the perfect tense of a present participle in that verse is this. Before grace works in you, and before grace works through you, you're standing in grace. Why? Because law came by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, and it was consummated in the resurrection and ascension. When he took that blood into heaven in Hebrews 9.11 and presented it to the Father and obtained eternal redemption for us, Hebrews 9.12, and the Father said, okay, for the first time I'll accept a sinful man in heaven through that blood, Ephesians 1.6. From that moment on, through the ultimate consummation of the ascension of Jesus Christ, grace was established toward us. 
And so we could stand in grace established toward us before it ever began to work in us. And that's what a lot of people don't understand, that are still walking around in the law, in the Gospels, and in the law when they don't understand that law came by Moses and Jesus quotes it, and if you want to live under it, then he makes you feel guilty all the time, even in the New Testament. But if you accept the fact that law came by Moses and grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, and it was consummated not until he ascended. We could stand in grace until the ascension. We could look at grace, but grace couldn't be toward us in the truest sense of the word. But when he went up with the blood and the Father said, Okay, you've got the blood. And he presented the blood to the Father and presented our names that accepted him. Then that grace in its abundant, amazing, immeasurable portion began to go toward everyone that was accepted in him as babe. And then he starts the trials and the problems until that grace begins to be worked in us in a hundred different areas a year. And then we begin to experience the resurrection, ascended life of grace inside us. And then finally it's very easy for the love of God to shed it abroad towards someone else who's incapable of experiencing a capacity to receive it until somebody manifests it toward them. And when someone doesn't reveal or manifest God's grace toward them, then how can they ever experience the grace of God in them? Now, what is the ultimate of God's plan? This is what it is. Verse 3. <clears throat> and not only so, but we glory in tribulation. Now, why, honestly, do we glory, honestly glory, in tribulation, plural? Why? Because in tribulations, the grace that's worked toward us starts being worked in us. And we begin to experience who God is instead of always talking about what God has done. So when, when the grace starts working in us, <laughs> then we experience the ultimate of where Jesus is. And the results of what Jesus has done and the privilege of having Jesus Christ do it inside of us instead of hearing it in a message. You know, it's good when, it's beautiful when the time comes, you hear messages and we, we all go through it in different areas. We hear messages, see people have victory, but can't experience. Finally, we get sick of hearing the message. <laughs> and furthermore, we see someone go through a trial and beautiful grace comes through them. And we, we say, but it doesn't happen to me in that area. And we get sick of seeing them be victorious. We've all experienced it in a sense, either subjectively or objectively. And finally, that grace begins to be worked in us and we experience who Jesus Christ is in his character of love. And he opens up a capacity to receive love by giving us grace. And when that capacity is opened up, what do we do? Manufacture more? No, respond to more. We don't manufacture more. We respond to more that he has given through who he is. And we learn that by being good responders, we increase our, our capacity to experience who he is and to manifest who he is. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. 
Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. Wasn't that good? In Romans 5.17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. The grace of God toward us is quite amazing, really. In Ephesians 4, starting in verse 2, With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ, and that is that grace toward you. It's given in the same abundance as the gift of Christ, which is an unlimited atonement. The gift of Christ would apply to all of mankind, every person everywhere who receives it. It was the payment for all sin of all time. So in really it is immeasurable. And so the grace that's toward us is of that same kind of abundance. And in verse 8, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And isn't that great from that clip, understanding that grace came toward us at the ascension of Jesus Christ. So there always is this great abundance of grace that's toward us. But then we experience the grace of God in us. In 1 John 2, verse 12, it says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. That whole passage there in 1 John 2, talking about the love of God, that love abiding in us. 1 John 2, 8, A new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness has passed and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. And that experiencing of God's love comes and that justification, that realization that that grace is abundant, that justification has occurred, and that all of us are now equal, irregardless of deeds, irregardless of feeling, that all of us are now equally able to receive all that God has given because he's made it so and he's made us all equal at the cross and he's sealed us with the same Holy Spirit, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead in Romans 8.11 and dwells our mortal bodies and quickens us. And when we get that understanding of grace for our lives and it comes through trials and there are times where we feel disconnected where we're overwhelmed by what sight brings into our path, through all of the situations of our life, and yet we're connected through the face of Jesus Christ. When we see Jesus Christ and what he's done, how he is towards us, what he says about us, then it renews in us an understanding that the blinders come off and we realize that God's love is for us. And we begin to experience it in our lives when we mix faith with the truth of that imputed righteousness given to us and given to all those who believe. It is amazing knowing that God loves us and experiencing and receiving the abundance of grace in God's love. And then we experience it in us 
and then it goes through us to others. We begin to see others, that that abundance of grace applies to everyone. And we see others that way. We see our enemies. We see our friends. We see those who are familiar with us. We see those who are close to us. And the love of God can flow through us to them where they can experience that great love. And in that community of faith where we're being loved, where we're at, and we're receiving the grace of God in different ways and in different capacities at different times, and others are receiving it, it is amazing the capacity that's built in us to receive the love of God and to begin to love God and love others the way that God loves us. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. So now's the time in the program when we give an invitation to receive Christ. You may feel disconnected in many ways from people because of circumstances. Whatever your particular individual situation is, You may feel very deeply. You may have been numb for a long time. God wants to come in your life and give you that experience of love. For once you receive the gift of salvation that God would give freely to you, the Spirit of God will seal you, come into your life and progressively heal you from those wounds and scars of the past. And, and tenderize that stony heart of yours. So would you pray with me now, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Flood me with your love. Cleanse me from my sin. I believe in you. I get a glimpse of the cross and realize that you love deeply and intimately and personally, so much so that you would give your life for your enemies. Now I have a realization that you gave your life for me and I receive that gift of salvation that you bought with such a heavy price all those years ago. Come into my life, cleanse me, make me whole, transform me and restore to me those tender feelings that I might share in a life with you. And I ask these things and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.